everybody. Welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene, certified ghost-friendly podcast, Audio Sage. I'm your host, Gio Champatazzi, and I'm here back with my co-host, Rob Thomas. How's it going, Rob? Gio, wow. I feel so close to the spirits recently. You and I were talking before, and we were both visited by a ghost last night. Yes. Yes, we were. Um, separately, of course, we don't we don't sleep together. We don't live in the same area. Actually, we live 400 miles apart, if not more. And to be visited by the same ghost doesn't happen very often. It's happened a couple times. But yes, um, we are recording this the day that Larry King has has died. He is now a ghost, and we believe he visited us last night. Rob, what, what happened to you? It, it was early in the morning. Um, you know, we're on California time. And, you know, this is the, the area where Larry passed as well in, in Los Angeles, close to you, Gio. But here up in, in the northern part of the state where I, where I am, you know, I just arrived, woke up in the, early in the morning, right? Uh, maybe 3.30 or so. And an apparition is at my bed step, the foot of my bed, with a, with a hand, a ghostly hand kind of reaching out towards me. Later, I just hear these knocks and scratches. And it was a ghost. I mean, and, you know, I could distinctly, faintly hear Larry's voice call out to me. What did he Rob? Carry my mantle. Wow. That seems really nice. Actually, really beautiful. Not like what happened to me. What happened to you? Well, I woke up actually around the exact same time, around 3 30. I woke up, I was very thirsty, I was parched, which is strange because usually I, you know, I hydrate before I go to sleep. So I wake up and I'm, I'm dying of thirst. I stumble to the kitchen and before I could even get a glass of water, I hear a tap on the glass door that faces outside. And there's a big burly man in the window. And he's looking at me and he kind of gives me a motion to come to the door. So I open the door and he looks at me. He steps in my house and he punches me in the gut. And he says, Larry King sends his regards, punk. Don't screw it up. And he kicked me while I was down and he walked away. Um, so that's what happened to me. And what I'm thinking is, that Larry King was a was a you know scoundrel when he was younger. We only know Larry as the aged broadcaster. When he was younger, he could have been a bully. So I'm guessing, you know, just because he died so close to me, that maybe his spirit was still in phase and he somehow reverted back to his childhood body, his physique which was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger style. He must've been a bodybuilder when he was younger and he, he beat me up. So 
it's different, but still paranormal. Definitely. I mean, I think that it really explains, you know, our different experiences, especially it's proof of how, you know, the other realms work in a completely different you know, relation to time and space as we perceive our reality. Um, and I think that's, it's an amazing thing. Um, you know, I, I feel like quite honored, you know, I, I'm sorry that your experience was a little bit more violent, but I think the message is the same, Joe, which is obviously we are meant to carry on the broadcast excellence mm. that, that Larry set in this world. And, you know, King is a title that you get in broadcast circles. I'm not sure what his actual last name ever was, but he legally changed it to King when I mean, they gave I him was, the title. I was reading that his son's last name is Armstrong. So again, that explains the punch in the gut. Of course. And the change of name to King. I mean, he had to change his name because he wasn't the bruiser that he used to be. And he was now the king of broadcasting. So I'm not saying that we're going to change our names. You know, I'm thinking maybe depending on – and if they want to bestow us that honor, I might. But now that Larry has passed, we are officially in the running at least, I would say, to become the next king, maybe even a czar, you know, European rules. Who knows? But rest in peace to the king. Thank you for visiting us, passing the torch. We will carry it with pride, and we will make sure that no shadows can be seen. Our light will shine through any any lie. And honestly, the way that he interviewed really cut through the BS because I remember every interview, he'd always ask if they believed in ghosts. And I'd say most times his producers would cut the question because the interviewee, the person who was talking, they would get choked up. Sometimes they would get possessed. Their eyes would roll behind their eyes. Stuff like that would happen. You know, lights would flicker, unusable footage. But safe to say that this man, you know, asked the hard questions. And he's now asking us to ask those questions. And Rob, do you feel ready? You know, the, the mantle has been passed, Geo. So ready or not, like this, mm. we're going to have to step, to step up to this challenge. And... You know, we've been doing this for years now, and I think we're ready to to step up to this next phase in our investigations. You know, it's a challenge for for sure. Uh, you know, it, is it intimidating? Of course. Yeah, these are these are big uh, suspenders to fill. Yes. You know, wow. but I think we're going to stand tall, uh, and you know. And the suspenders are really like, you know, weightlifting belts, you know? True. So, and the truth is a heavy burden to lift. But, you know, I'm ready to, to step up, you know, drink all, all my protein shakes mm -hmm. and I'm get lifted. Deadlift the truth. Yes. And, you know, that is so important to say because we are entering a new era. We did years literally years of coverage on the last president. And for people that want to you know, say they were biased, it's not true. It's not going to happen. We will cover this presidency 
like we covered the last with the scrutiny from the perspective of the paranormal, we uncovered that our last president was switching bodies, our switching personas. People were, you know, filling his shoes constantly uh, to the point where there was nobody behind the wheel at the very end. And so we have to, you know, have the same investigative tactics when we talk about this presidency and the new era that we're in, the new age of Aquarius. So we're not going to stop. We're only going to get more intense. You know, the heat is, is churning up. It's not churning down. So for those of you that, you know, only listen to us for our bashing of, of the last administration, we're, we're, the kid gloves are off, and they've been off for a while. We're professional boxers now in the paranormal ring, and we're not going to pull any punches with this new administration. And Skeleton Joe better look out. His administration better watch where they step. If they're stepping on any haunted burial grounds, we'll call them out. And that's that's important to say. But you know, before we before we can you know really get there, let's talk a little bit about some Hollywood news because right now is a time where you know all all the pomp and circumstance of Hollywood is at a standstill. Um, the world is is quiet with two words, uh, one name stuck in their head. Army Hammer. Rob, you are an expert um, when it comes to you know different meats, but uh, human meat is something that I don't think you've ever tried. Is it? Not knowingly. I mean, it is possible that. I've been fed human meat against my knowledge. Uh, you know, it, it could be a little gamey um, if I were to guess. Uh, but, you know, I don't consider myself to need to be sustained from human flesh. Yet. Yeah, I right. mean, it, it's, it, could it's not, it, it could happen. But right now, it's not a necessity. So without your knowledge, like you said, you might have been fed um, some meat, some human meat. Army Hammer does not have that issue. Um, I think to his knowledge, he has requested human meat. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there has been um, a rumor, and now it, it has come to light. There are now some text messages, some DMs that have gone through and it turns out army hammer either likes to role play as a cannibal or just straight out admitted that he is a cannibal now we're, we're not the you know cannibal police but there's something to be said about the fact that we have a a zombie actor working as a sex symbol and of course that's cryptozoological that means he's a cryptid. He's uh, along with uh, the Frankenstein's of the world, the vampires, the the Nessies, the Loch Ness monster. So now Army Hammer is a being of mythology. And you know, as we're entering this new age, like we're saying, this Aquarian age, this is only a taste of what's going to happen. This is masks are coming off. And we're going to find out that we are surrounded by cryptids, especially in the media. 
and you know you got to come to us because obviously not everyone's going to say it outright what's going on but mm. whether they like it or not the truth is going to be shown very brightly on a lot of quote-unquote people in hollywood and we're not going to shy away from the truth so here's a flat fact this is for people that just want the shock value this is for you anderson cooper is a yeti full stop no human no human eyes are that blue and his hair has been white for 50 years since he's been a child that's that comes from being a yeti okay that comes from living in in colder areas in the mountains of the himalayas exactly and i want to also preface like when i say quote unquote people i'm not saying that they're less than than us it's i'm saying that they're there's a difference yeah right like no we're not better than them they're not better than us this is not like a call to for for violence or anything but this is a call for truth this is a call for them to step out into the light and just admit hey i'm anderson cooper and i'm a yeti like yes if he could just come out yeah if he could just like you know come out and say that on his broadcast every night i think it could cause a lot it'd be a cause for healing for this nation because then so many other yetis would be able to come out of the shadows without fear of persecution and there's plenty of people out there with you know they have to dye their hair colors because it keeps on growing out white you may think oh my my mommy and my daddy they dye their hair maybe maybe they're yetis maybe they are maybe that would make you a yeti too like you should check the hairs on your body check every hair if it's what if you have a single white hair that might be an indication that you're a yeti and anderson could be the spokesperson that you sh- you could look towards you know a, a, a public persona that you could look at joe biden has white hair everybody i'm not going to speculate on on the president right now but that's just a observation that i had right now so cryptozoological people we need to get a, a grip on on what's out there not for like you said persecution but just for the sake of public perception we need to know how multicultural our culture actually is you know it'd be a shame to lose a lot of the you know the insights that cannibals have on seasoning because although we may not be eating human meat you know now in the future they they you know they could be cornering the market on on human meat cooking and all of a sudden we're you know we're left out in the cold and we can't have that happen no and you don't want to overcook your human meat you know get it tough or or dried out like that's just no way to to live i hear uh ex-president donald trump likes his human meat cooked well done with ketchup and that's why people didn't like him. That's why Army Hammer voted for Biden. And so Army Hammer, cannibal, check. Okay, we all know that. He has been in movies with many other people, people including Timothy Chalamet, 
who he fed his cum to, I believe. Now, is that cannibalism? We could we could get into the semantics of that. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I mean, you know, there there are some schools of thought that say that you know life begins with the seed, with with man's seed. So he's like you're basically eating like a billion people if you're yeah. eating that man's ejaculate. So forcing, you know, forcing Timothy to per- partake in in some sort of a ritual. Uh, mass murder of, of billions of, of people, potential people, I would say is is a form of either ritualistic cannibalism or just straight out cannibalism. And so in that case, now Timothy has a taste for blood. And and, and I think you know the the trail from there we can follow pretty distinctly. I think just looking at his his bone structure, the way it has changed over time, that he has has gone some kind of uh, transformation, whether it be, you know, physical like plastic surgery, like the weekend has done recently, or people have you know that's what the speculation is. But I think that him and the weekend are actually werewolves. I mean, think about it. When's the last time you've seen somebody change the bone structure on their face that quickly? I mean, if, if you've seen the movie Teen Wolf, the, the body transformation, it happens pretty quickly. And that's exactly what's happening to The Weeknd and to Timothy Chalamet. You know, I'd actually even throw Khloe Kardashian into that mix. Yes. There's no other explanation. I don't think anyone on this planet could provide a, a logical explanation other than cryptozoology to explain this. Yeah. No, no actual biological, you know, uh, factors are included in, in, in the way that you change the bones in your face. But Michael J. Fox is no, you know, uh, stranger to this. And in fact, he was a teen when it happened to him, which I, I don't know how old Timothy is, but I mean, he's, he's pretty close to being a teen and he can play a teen in, in movies. So Michael J. Fox could tell him all kinds of stuff. But I guess the question is, he's not getting his wolf, werewolfness from Army Hammer, right? He just got his cryptozoological bug. Where did he become a werewolf? Or who gave it to him? Exactly. And this is what you can expect from us. And this is what we're encouraging you all to do as well. You know, contact tracing. Yes. Is a very important tool, especially moving forward, because we have people that have the crypto uh, zoological bug and it's being passed around. We got to keep track of it. So as, mm. as you've already seen, Army, to Timothy, to Michael. So we're going to keep on going down this thread, and we're going to show you all that this is a lot bigger than you might expect. Exactly. So let's just say it starts with Michael. Michael J. Fox, his last name, 
is fox. Being the fact that it's so similar to a canine, there had to have been something in that. Maybe he was born a werewolf. And in that case, you have to imagine that his offspring are also werewolf. Now, no, not many people know this or are aware that he has a famous daughter. People don't, you know, you think of the Fox family, you think of Michael J, and that's pretty much it. But in fact, he has a daughter that is quite possibly even more famous than he is. She was in the TMNT movies as April O'Neil. I'm talking about Megan Fox, the secret daughter of Michael J. Fox, who, if we are doing this contact tracing right, the science and the numbers add up to she being a werewolf. I mean, and look at her, the movie that she did, Jennifer's Body, possibly about cannibalism, ritual sacrifice, her becoming a monster, a cryptid. She couldn't, of course, don her, her full hair because then you know you take away from some of the, the film aspects of, of filming her. Filming a werewolf is very hard with all that hair. So they had to change the cryptid in that movie. But basically, she's telling her life story in that movie, filmed uh, and actually written, directed by a Diablo Cody. Diablo, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that all cryptozoological creatures are from the devil, but I would say the devil is a cryptozoological creature. Like a were-goat, almost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beelzebub is just like a goat person. Is he and he's out there. He might be in, in the hills of you know San Diego. He could be he could be in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. Or in your backyard behind you right now. And if he's not there, he maybe he's slunk in the shadows. So there's plenty of ways that we could get from Megan Fox to Timothy Chalamet. We just have to do the tracing. So we looked into Megan Fox. And it turns out she spends a lot of time with a certain rapper gone pop punk musician Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, if you guys know who Machine Gun Kelly is, he is uh, a tall, lanky, pop-punk rapper, you know, blonde hair. He looks like a boy band kind of guy. And he, of course, has performed music with The Weeknd. You know, they've performed at, at, at different festivals together, different shows and in fact, now you see the connection from Megan Fox giving it to Machine Gun Kelly, Machine Gun Kelly giving it to anybody. I mean, a, a groupie, uh, somebody who you know uh, is in backstage setting up the amplifiers, a promoter, somebody, and then they give it to the weekend. All of a sudden, you see the werewolf lineage getting passed from Michael J. Fox to Machine Gun Kelly, to, of course, our man Timothy Chalamet. And who, who can it come to next? Army Hammer, maybe? A cannibal werewolf? 
That's a deadly combination. And that's why we have to do the contact tracing. And, and, and we're waiting for some hair samples to come back. But, you know, we're also very suspicious of Shia LaBeouf, who was in the Transformers movies with Megan Fox. What is the ultimate Transformer than a werewolf? Oh, my Shia God. LaBeouf. He's basically Shia the cow. So what tastier meat for a werewolf would that be? And, you know, ever since that movie, he's really grown out this thick beard after yes. he was doing the Transformers. You can really see it before and after. Now, like I said, we're going to wait for some hair samples to say anything conclusive. Because, you know, if he was just like a tasty snack, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy. Right. Don't um, drag his name any further. But I think that's such a great point. The fact that they put Megan Fox in the first Transformers movie just says it right there. Another you know, point of her telling her life story through film that she is a transformer. Wow. That's incredible. So there are plenty of, of different, I would say, uh, species of, you know, crypto cryptids out there. And this is only one thread that we're pulling, meaning this contact tracing is going to go for a very long time. So, I want you guys to, you know, send us your tips, send us, you know, some some hints that you have of, of people that you might think are cryptids, whether it be like a Will Ferrell, possibly being, I mean, he, he was in a movie called Elf. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. He may be a cryptid, whether it be he's from the North Pole or South Pole, he could be something is all I'm saying. So stuff like that. Um, send us your your comments on on who you think might be encrypted because we know there are plenty out there. Now, I think it's time we get to really calling attention to what just happened historically with a transfer of power from the last president who was asleep at the wheel near the end to now who they've called Sleepy Joe, but we call him Skeleton Joe because of his prominent white teeth. Skeleton Joe Biden, President Skeleton Joe Biden, was just sworn in January 20th. We're recording on the 23rd. So it's been a few days. And the inauguration ceremony was different this time. You know, it was shut off to the public because of COVID reasons, maybe, you know. As that's just what they said. You never know, but there were plenty of filmed moments that we were able to see that added up to a very ritualistic ceremony, which I believe is kind of the point. I think, you know, most times during a normal inauguration, it goes on without people realizing how ritualistic it actually is. But in reality, now that you see without all of the fanfare without all of the people there that you see it laid bare what was going on and we got a really close look at a lot of the things that they did some of the people that they brought on and i think it's time that we kind of delve into that because the inauguration was uh, a pandora's box that 
has opened and now four years of what started there is going to occur. So I guess let, let's just start with the most obvious. Uh, Joe Biden swore on a spell book when he gave his oath. I call it a spell book. Some people call it a Bible. Is there a difference? What do you think? The fact that the thing traditionally and most often is written in Latin, yes. you know, yep. some Latin that I know, let's just go with open sesame, abracadabra. All right. So obviously it's the language of magic. Yes, 100%. And people say that, you know, prayers are not spells. If, if it's just a regular Bible, let's just say it's an English printed, you know, good old fashioned Bible. Okay. That has an entire book called Psalms. A psalm is a poem. A poem is a spell. I mean, guys. I don't like that silent P in there either. You know, that's a, it's a very ghostly P. Oh, I didn't even want to mention that. But yes, psalms. I don't even know what that P is doing there other than being a runic symbol. And maybe, you know, it's just like Pfizer, the, the vaccine Pfizer. There's a P in there. People don't talk about What's that doing there? So is, is Pfizer a spell? Uh, I think we, we could look into that, absolutely. But this Holy Bible, whatever they want to call it, is a spell book. Let's just call it what it is. So from there, he puts his hand, he swears an oath to uphold the Constitution, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So I'm just calling attention to the fact that this book has been in his family for over a hundred years, and in fact has uh, been dated back to the year 1893. Now, what's so special about 1893? Well, there's plenty, but let's start off with the fact that he was the vice president for eight years. His running mate was a senator from Illinois, and in fact represented Chicago. Let's just, let, let's just start there, right? Barack Obama, a man of Chicago, and his vice president, Joe Biden. Now, he was in the White House. He's done all this before. In fact, he has sworn on that same Bible both times when he was sworn in, you know, for the, uh, the two times during the other inaugurations. So all of that being said, the 1893 creation of the Bible – is parallel to the time that the World's Fair was happening in Chicago, where his, you know, president's from. So what I'm saying is nothing is coincidence. This is all fate. This is all forces at work. And we can start with the Bible, and we can start with the year 1893. So let's get into the idea that you know, this world's fair is somehow still involved in the inauguration, you know, a hundred plus years later. 
I mean, let's just talk about the fact that the World's Fair was founded as the 400th anniversary of Columbus coming to America. So right there we have all of the, I would say, the bad vibes, the bad juju from 400 years, 400 years of, of fake news, and they're celebrating it. So who created this Bible? Is it the ghost of Christopher Columbus? Did he create the, the family Bible? I mean, we know for sure that this Bible comes from that World's Fair. That's scientific fact right there. But who wrote it? And I don't know if it even has a single author, right? You know, they right. say it's written by God, but, you know, I don't think God has any like extra like pen and paper just lying around. That's doesn't, that's not how God works on the physical realm that way. You know, so, so there's got to be like some sort of person or, or cryptid working to to create this tome and i don't know Gio, like i've seen some bibles in my day they gotta they must have added some extra chapters into that bible yes because that was a thick book here's a question that i don't think anyone's ever asked before do you think god can read i mean think about mm -hmm. it do you think god even knows english or i mean we speak english because this is an english-speaking podcast but in any language, do you think God can read? Like you said, he doesn't have a paper and pen. It's not like he's doing – he's writing notes down. So, I mean, how often does he have practice? Does, can he even read and write? Right. And then when he's – you know, going back to these old stories, they're, they're speaking Aramaic. And then that's yeah. translated to Greek and then Latin. So it's – we're very we're German before you even gets to English, so we're very we're a few steps removed. Okay, just I'm I'm saying God is illiterate, flat out. God, I'm, I mean, we have no proof that God can can read or write. I mean, that's just fact right there. And that being said, that means it has to you know mean that Christopher Columbus or somebody wrote that Bible. And that's just the tip of the iceberg with this inauguration. That's only a piece of the puzzle. When, when we talk about this inauguration, we're talking about not just the swearing in, but we're also talking about the performances and the people that were there that chose to walk on that stage and give either the performance of a lifetime or a lackluster performance that will be panned for eternity. So let's get into that because the people that gave their name and their likeness to that stage are immortalized. First being Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, could you ever imagine, you know, in your life, the, the woman who wore the meat dress in order to attract Army Hammer, a thirst trap for Army Hammer that I don't think even worked out. I don't think they they dated. So a failure in that respect, she is now performing at the inauguration of the new president. And she's an Oscar award-nominated actress, if not winner, for her song, which means she's a Grammy, a Tony, 
a Oscar, and now she's working at the inauguration. I mean, what do you call that? I think that's an Emmy-winning performance. Right. She's on TV. So she's got an EGOT. Basically sealing her EGOT that day. Everybody knows that the people that have EGOTs, they're in a small fraternity. It's almost like the presidential fraternity. It's, it's that exclusive. And they meet, and they are almost like an Illuminati-type organization. And they actually control Broadway. That's a fact. So her being sealed into that fraternity is a big deal. And you know Andrew Cuomo, he's uh, the governor. He got an Emmy, so he's only a Tony, Oscar, and a Grammy away. And he's you know he could own Broadway. So that's just another prediction, just for the future that possibly might happen. But Lady Gaga comes in wearing a dress from another dimension. It it looked like she wasn't even you know from this United States, this era. Like she's from a different time. A lot of people are saying Hunger Games, and yes, I think that is a good comparison, but, you know, obviously it doesn't work one for one that way. So the question is, you know, what universe was she visiting us from? Mm. I, would, I would have to go out and say that the Lady Gaga that we saw in her dimension already has that EGOT, yes. right? Yes, and that's what was the bird coming is. into... Exactly. It's called an EGOT. That bird. Yeah, that species. So the fact that, you know, and that gives her the power to to jump into whatever universe she wants. So it's wow. like a, a foregone conclusion that this has already happened. You know, in another universe, it has. And she's coming into our stage and giving that power. So they're they're pumping this event full of power. And I think it's also worth mentioning about World's Fairs and such, the, the vice president, Kamala Harris, was representing San Francisco previously, also home of a World's Fair. Wow. 1917. So you can see the kind of lineage that they're, they're passing through here. You know, it was very historical in the sense of amount of magic put into this thing. And, you know, I think we, we'll, we'll talk about the, the repercussions that we feel like this has, but, you know, there's, that wasn't even the last performance. You know, there was one other big performance that happened that day. I mean, J-Lo. J-Lo, J-Lo, J-Lo. This is a woman that is so mysterious that truly we don't even know her full name, right? They say her name is, is J-Lo Jennifer Lopez. I, I have I have in fact heard that there are like five extra syllables that have not been released to the public. Mm. So who knows what her actual name is? But J Lo performs, and she says to the crowd, "Let's get loud." And when you say that to a crowd of people, that's one thing, but you're, you're performing in front of the entire world. Now. Let me just kind of break this down. If you've seen the movie Horton Hears a Who, or if you've read the book Horton Hears a Who, you know the repercussions of an entire world screaming out, what that could do. 
I'll just say it. If we were to all scream at the exact same time, just like J-Lo had asked for, I'm, I'm glad that we didn't do it. But if we would have, we could have awoken an alien race from outer space that could have heard us. We could have moved the planet 50 feet you know, out of the orbit, that, and, and it, instead of circling around the sun, we could have crashed into the sun. So we, what she was asking for was truly mass murder when she said, let's get loud. Unknowingly, she didn't know it. She, she, you know, performers, they get so, you know, it, it'd be like in the 90s when they used to say, you know, let's burn this place down. This place is bumping. You know, if you heard that in the 1920s, you would think there is a, a fire earthquake like in San Francisco. But in reality, the 90s, they're doing it as some kind of, you know, um, almost provoking, right? This, let's burn this mother down. That's what J-Lo said, except she said, let's get loud. So shame on you, J-Lo. But also, yeah, what a performance. I mean – who knows the implications? There was a lot of a lot of uh, imagery happening, a lot of hand movements, and all of that, of course, is magical in essence. So um, that's something that you know astrologers are going to have to pick apart for decades. Yeah, and you know, like we said, spells take time to to really pay off. You know, they were using this really old Bible that was created for this purpose, you know, taking over a hundred years to fulfill its mission. So, you know, these are things to pay attention to, but you don't really see its effects right away. You know, we saw the storming of the Capitol, basically the, you know, train load of people trying to cast their spouse, spell casters, you know, just, Mm-hmm. being shipped right in with their own agenda uh you know i had a good authority here that they they've thoroughly saged the building afterwards in preparation for the inauguration because they wanted to put up these big spells and didn't want anything interfering but i don't know that stuff gets into the walls you know like the poop that they smeared into the walls like that that, that gets stuck in those fibers and just saying that you know it's hard to tell what those implications are going to be and in the same way of this magic that was cast mm-hmm. you know joe wanted to be the most popular man in america and they put out pulled out all the stops for that but i don't think joe it worked quite the way that he wanted because when we see the effects of that day i think the spell might have bounced off of Joe, and it may have landed on someone else. And there's implications here that I'm not quite sure of. But yes. I don't know if Skeleton Joe might be our true president. Well, this is this is where I push back because you know I, I'm always looking at the the really end all be all of power grabs, right? When when we think about power, we think about it as generally when i say we you know uh, we think about it as um, almost like a, a pedestal where we crawl to the top in reality it's more at rock bottom where power is is really attained 
And that's where I think Joe has won the day. But but let's get into why you think he he lost because it's very important um, because we have a contender. I, I will agree that the person who who stole the spotlight is a contender to be the leader. So you've all seen it, you've all laughed at it, you've all admired the the fit, the mittens. Talking about Bernie Sanders. Skeleton Joe versus Stone Cold Bernie Sanders. This is the primary all over again happening, and it, it's a microcosm. It, it's happening all in one day. It, it, you know, it came and went, and yet this photo is speaking more than a thousand words. It's speaking billions of words, and it's spawning conversation. So, you know, what can be gathered from from all that attention that Bernie got instead of Joe? I mean, obviously, I mean, at this point, it goes without explaining, but just to put words to it, it's the reverse Underground Railroad. The humiliation to get you to power. Mm. And no one, in terms of, you know, this meme, these jokes, no one has laughed more than at Bernie in this moment. So for me, that's a, that's a real contention of power. I think, you know, even though on paper they put Joe as president, but I don't think he has the real power here. I think the power has gone, has shifted. Uh, and the, 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 the people have spoken, the people have laughed in Stone Cold Bernie Sanders, who, who we've been calling this for him, this name for, for years now. And like we said, magic takes some time to prove you know, people kept on asking me, why you call him Stone Cold? Take a look. Yeah. All right. Look at It's see. in a book. Yes. It's so clear because now when you think of humiliation, you think, you know, Donald Trump messing up something, dancing to Macho Man, that kind of thing, dancing to YMCA. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's embarrassing. But, it, you know, at, at a certain point, you become numb. You numb to that. And I'll say, Skeleton Joe, Joe, President Joe Biden, there are, I would say, a history of gaffes that he has made that I think to his detriment because it is now almost like we are numb to some of his gaffes that we ignore a lot of the flubs that he does, and therefore are, he is not embarrassed by it anymore. Whereas Bernie Sanders, with his grandpa energy, sits down in a chair, and then all of a sudden he is being asked – because we have to think about this just from the perspective of a senator. He's a very serious elderly man. He is extremely serious about his ideals, what he wants to accomplish, yada, yada, yada. Everybody wants to talk to him about how he sat in a chair. How embarrassing. Truly, like if you're a professional, if you're a professional senator and you get invited to all the morning talk shows and all they want to talk about is if you've seen funny pictures of yourself on the internet, they don't ask you about policy. They don't ask you about the inauguration. They just they ask you, have you seen the funny pictures that everyone's making of you? That is pure embarrassment. Yes, getting one-upped is embarrassing, because this was supposed to be Joe's day. 
And I'm sure Joe probably had his meme team trying to get his face on some meme Instagram posts, but Bernie won the day. But I think that embarrasses Bernie more. Just to your point, Rob, because of course, you know, I want to be objective here. I think you might have a point just in the fact that I do see that, yeah, it does kind of affect Bernie more that it's, it's like a point, it's a joke. He's now become a laughingstock and that's the last thing that he wanted. So yeah, secret president, Bernie Sanders. Yes, please. First of all, thank you. But also, um, I think he fell down into a role that he's always wanted. And it's the thing where it's when you stop trying. It's when you stop really scraping for the top and you realize, you know, uh, maybe I'm not meant to be there, that you're thrust into there. So congratulations, Bernie. Congratulations, Joe, for working it out. Power sharing. Joe's going to be the face. Bernie's going to be the skeleton even though it's the opposite by their nicknames, sometimes, you know, that's the way it works. It's very unpredictable, you know, in, in spellcasting, yes, you have so many intentions, but the, there's an infinite way of those intentions being expressed. So I think this is also lessons for you all. You know, we're doing spells every single day, big and small, um, and just, just keeping in mind that it can go any which way. In, in a lot of ways that you don't even expect. Right. The coffee that you make in the morning as a ritual can one day, you know, make you a million dollars investing in Folgers. Depending on if you invest some money first. I mean, you, you can't just invest nothing. But what I'm saying is that rituals that you do are eventually going to pay off, whether it be positive or negative. We don't really have control over that. You know, it's the intention that we put out into the world and whatever comes back to us comes back tenfold, whether it's good or bad. That same coffee that you're making, you know, in either scenario, I think what you're saying, Gio, is you're just making coffee to have that spell to, to get you ready, get you alert, could get you a million dollars. It could also, you know, make you poop your pants, that same coffee. So you yes. got to be careful because any, any magic has a power associated with it. And that's why you see Joe Biden visiting the Arlington Cemetery before he even goes to the White House. You know, this is somebody who has learned from experience. You know, you have to pay your dues. You got to pay your respects. You have to know who you're working with. Who's the real cabinet? You know, a cabinet could be more than just a group of people. It could be a location. A cabinet full of dead people is a mausoleum. There are mausoleums in the Arlington Cemetery. So he was visiting a cabinet, and in fact, a ghostly cabinet, where a lot of the ghost generals of America's past now lay. And so he, he went to visit them and to confer and to maybe, you know, ask for their help, maybe, you know, recruit some ghosts to join the White House Corps. I mean, there are plenty of things that happen that we don't know exactly because we don't have, you know, cameras there. But from the paranormal perspective, I think it's easy to see that him going to the cemetery just sets the tone for a more paranormally awoke uh, administration, you know? 
Right. And everyone's very focused on his living cabinet that's going on. And, you know, you could argue that's important, but what's even more important is this selection of the spirit cabinet. Mm. And I think we're seeing a little bit of it. You know, he put the picture of Ben Franklin. He's got a bust of Cesar Chavez. So these are some hints of, of who he's putting in the running for his spirit cabinet. And I'd be very interested to see how it all comes together. And we're going to be digging for that truth to, to let you know who he ends up picking. And in fact, we have a new informant, a secret informant installed in the government. And this is the thing about informants. You know, they're whistleblowers. They're here to tell us the facts and they're seeing it from the inside, which makes it that much more credible, that much more serious what they say. You have to take it as the dead truth. And we have been contacted by this informant. And they have asked us not to share their name. And out of respect, we have decided to give them a code name. So code name Boo, aka Boo Anon. They will be guiding us through this administration as a secret whistleblower, specifically only two ghosts in the scene. So what you get here, you will get nowhere else. And the information that you will get is from Boo themselves. So what can we say about Boo, Rob, without them getting in trouble? Right. I mean, all you have to know is they have the top clearance, you know, spiritual clearance as well. Because what we saw over these fa past few weeks, they know that there's ghosts in the White House, in the chambers of Congress, and all these spells going on. So you... You better believe they have all sorts of, you know, diviners and mystics around those premises, locking it down. Mm. But believe us, let me see, Boo has been entrenched in this government for, for years and is a very trusted source there and is just so brave to come out and, and give us the truth. Yes. And, you know, people ask us, well, how can you know that Buanon is telling you the truth? How can you be sure that everything is verifiable? You know, stuff like that. You know, they want us to – and for good reason. I, I don't want to say that that's wrong that they ask us to question our source. We should, and we did. And so we have been sitting on this since before the swearing-in. Actually, right after the election, we were contacted by Boo. And so we have been in correspondence with Boo for months now. And it wasn't until we were given some nuggets of truth that came to light, that actually came true, that we decided to come public with this. Because we would not do this to you, our audience, without verifying and you know, kind of screening all of the information first. Because, you know, bad information can get out there. We're aware of that, and we don't want to contribute to any of that. So what you will hear from Boo is, is the truth from Boo's perspective, what Boo is seeing from the inside. So here are some of the things that Boo told us that we saw come to light. I mean, it happened on TV in front of our eyes. Okay. 
we I mean we already mentioned J Lo, but Boo Anon told us that J Lo has a secret backer. That J Lo, okay, before, uh, like we said, this was in November that Boo contacted us. Boo told us that J Lo would be performing at New Year's Eve and the inauguration. And as soon as JLo performed the inauguration, that was it, right? That was – I mean that, there was other things that they told us, but that was one of the final moments where in a million years, if you, if you would have said who would play Joe, Joe Biden's inauguration, Rob, would, do you think that JLo would be on that list? If I didn't have the intel from Boo, I wouldn't have ever guessed. You know, I really thought John Legend – was going to be at the inauguration. He kind of he got bumped down to the the night's uh, festivities, wow. you know, like because you know he's the legend. So it's like you know I'm going off of what people have been putting out there. Um, J Lo wasn't really on my radar. She was on nobody's radar, right? That's... When when they go low, right? Mm, yes, J Lo goes lower. And that's what got her to the place that she is now. Whoever her contact is has gotten her into the New Year's performance, gotten her into the inauguration performance. And in fact, Buanon is telling us that there is one more performance that JLo will make this year. And it is going to be a universal performance just like before. So when that happens – when, not if, when that happens, you will know that Boo is telling the truth. So that's for you because I am already comfortable believing Boo. Boo has told me enough to where I believe, okay, this is the truth. I want you to be skeptical, listeners. I want you to to have uh, some critical glasses when you're you're listening to this. But when it comes truth, when it actually happens, I want you to admit that you believe because that's what we need you know be as skeptical as you want but when you actually get the facts admit it you know that's what we need so what did boo tell you that really uh sol- you know solidified your belief in boo there's so many things but just to also for anyone that's still doubting about jlo or not quite understanding the magnitude of this and this upcoming last performance if JLo performed at the Super Bowl last year 2020 and that performance you know basically put us all in quarantine and that was yep. just yeah like I, I I haven't been able to go outside since seeing that performance that's true um and that's just a warm-up you know they say third time is the charm. So they 2020 was the warm-up. So New Year's, I'm counting that as 2021. Because um, there's so many people that watch that performance once it's already become midnight. Yes. With the time change zones and everything. So, And it was already turning midnight in other parts of the world. So it was basically this year. Inauguration is two. Later this year is three. So add all that power of those earlier two events, plus the warm-up from the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, I think it's something that we really have to pay attention to. It's nuclear. And it's it's truly is. 
And on its surface, the performance doesn't seem like much, but if you are in the scene, you know it means everything. So, yes. so that really is really awakened me to the seriousness of Boo. Um, you know, but in terms of evidence of what we can trust Boo with, um, you know, and this is just news that that came out recently. And when this did, I said, Geo, this is it. I think mm -hmm. we can come public with Boo. Mm -hmm. um, Boo was talking about Texas, about some event happening in Texas, about yes. specifically about our friend Dave Chappelle. Yeah, friend of the show, Dave. Um, listen to his episode um, if they haven't censored it already. We, we did a full few hours with Dave um, maybe a few months ago where he talked, to, talked about the paranormal, talked about all kinds of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, wow. So what happened with, with Dave? You know, and Boo predicted this. Dave has gotten sick. And not just from, from anywhere. Dave has gotten COVID-19 from musical artist Grimes. Wow. I mean, first of all, getting a, a, a virus from two years ago a time traveling virus from COVID nineteen, time traveled to the year twenty twenty one. I mean, Grimes is of course you know scientific in in just the way that she lives, so I don't doubt that she could travel back in time to catch COVID nineteen. Wow! And gave it to Dave Chappelle. So, Boo told you this. Boo told you this in November. This was going to happen. This is what I'm saying, everybody. That when when we first heard, you know, the rumblings of Buanon, we didn't believe. But it was only after we learned the truth of what they're actually saying, right? I mean, when they said that Grimes was gonna give Dave Chappelle COVID in Texas, that sounds like a mad lib. That doesn't sound like a sentence that actually should exist. And yet here it is coming to pass actually yesterday, right? So what does this mean for, for us? I would say it's a, it's a positive, a net positive. We have an informant that is feeding us reliable, verifiable information. And, you know, it, and I think it's important that Boo's approaching us because we can decode you know, these, these nuggets, because for Boo's own safety, these have to be encrypted messages. Specifically, Boo told me, grimy, grimy, Dave Chappelle, 19 -y. Oh. So at first it's like, you know, or, or sorry, a Texas 19 -y. Yes, yes. Grimy, grimy, Dave Chappelle, a Texas 19 uh, And, you know, it's very, it's very cryptic. You know, it's like, oh, is he going to get, is he going to fall in some mud? Mm -hmm. a, a martini? Uh, 19 time, a martini. Could be. You know, does he spill a martini all over himself? Who knows? But who, right. But then the truth comes along and you say, oh, Boo was trying to tell us that Grimes is going to give Dave Chappelle COVID-19 in Texas. And it's just, and the clarity that you get once you really see what the message meant 
it, it, I mean, the perspective that Boo has is it's so close to the truth. So that's how you know that what's coming down the pipe is actually coming. And so what we're going to say next has not happened yet. So we want just to kind of warn you that this is information that is raw. This is raw information. We are now letting you in to what Buenon is telling us, current information, current, I would say, leaked information. Right. Now that we're all believers, now that we've all seen that this is the truth. We're, we're on gonna, the same page. We're going to let you in on what to look out for next. Exactly. This might scare some people, okay? Apple, the company Apple, along with Android, along with Huawei, along with every major uh, phone manufacturer, they're on the same page. What are they adding to each generation of new cellular phone? Boo told us to look for this. It was a simple question. It said, Lenzy, Lenzy, Mac or micro, Applesoft, question mark, question mark. So I looked it up, you know, I Googled it. I, I asked my, my palm reader to, to, you know, say it, repeat it. And I worked my palm reader and I, the question is very simple. Why does our phone, our new phones have multiple lenses? A question that I couldn't answer. I didn't, I mean, and so I looked into it, you know, there's some um, depth, they say, you know, an, an extra lens that gives depth to your photos. Um, I mean, I see a lot of photographers on the red carpet when we do our Casper's awards and they have one photo uh, photographer usually with one camera. I usually only see one lens that they're using at a time. So why does our phone have two lenses? Sometimes three, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. Why would it need that many lenses? So the question was a, a, a significant question. I could not answer it. But Boo stumped me. And so then I asked, but why? You know? So, okay, why the lenses? So the, the, the message was a little bit longer. It, it, took, it took us a month to actually understand what Boo was even trying to say. But we cracked the code. And what we're about to tell you has not happened yet, but to my knowledge, it will. And it is happening right now. So uh, I hope you're sitting down. The reasons why all these new phones have multiple lenses is that the government is using the lens to scan our bodies to create clones. Rob, why do you think they're creating all these clones? Well, I mean, I think at first, we just really need to let that sink in. Yeah. Right? Every single time you take out your phone, it has those extra little cameras. I mean, Gio, you and I are, are also included. Yeah. You know, this no, this isn't going to escape anybody, you know? 
And even if you have like a little flip phone still that might not have zero cameras, guess what? You're surrounded by everyone that has these lenses. So exactly. Sorry. You're, you're caught too. And mm. just, just, just let this sink in. You know, there's an extra camera to scan. Like they first tried this at airports, you know, you do your body scan. Yes. And they have an entire medical layout of your body and you kind of see a little flash of it. You know, that was just round one when they're testing out the technology and they realize, oh, some people are, are, are driving in cars, um, you know, and it really takes a lot of these body scans to really create a good replica. So what do they do? They're, gonna, they're putting it in our cameras, in our phones that we walk around, constantly scanning people. Yes. And, you know, you can see this on the internet. You'll find like clones of yourself. You said, I, that, how did I get there? Yeah. How am I in that medical Ozempic commercial about hemorrhoids? I, I didn't, I wasn't an extra for that commercial. And suddenly you're there in a, in a government sponsored hemorrhoid commercial. And you don't, you know, you don't remember. And, you know, some people will say it's lost time. It's alien abduction. When in fact, Boo Anon has told us it is a clone of you, but they don't just use it for, for hemorrhoid commercials. It's much more nefarious. If it was just that, I, I think I would be okay with it if, if my clone was just doing hemorrhoid commercials. But that's not what they're using the scans for. Buanon has told us something much more nefarious. But like you said, let's let that sink in. Don't throw your phone away. It's already done the scanning. We don't want you to destroy your phone. We don't want you to cover your lenses. It's already happened. It's like the deal with the devil has already been signed. And now we have to deal with the repercussions. So what are the repercussions? And, and I don't know. Are, are, do you think everyone's ready for this yet, Gio? Because we, we've given them a lot of information this, this week. Do we let them sit, sit on it and wait a week? Till next right. time to to really yeah give this truth because I feel like this truth could deserve its own its own full, full episode. episode. I think you're right. Okay, um, everybody, Buanon. I mean, forces are at work. Buanon has told us the truth, and we think you need some time. Like we said before, if you've listened to us in our previous episodes, we will never you never give you more than you can handle. You know, it's just it's un fair of us to overload you with information like this it's not healthy for your brain not healthy for your ears they might burn off if we were to go any further so for this week just be aware look at the the lenses that you have in your life you know look closely and you might see the smiling teeth of skeleton joe biden on the other side of those lenses so We'll let you sit with that, everybody. Um, you know, stay in the scene. Be careful out there. Keep your eyes on the screen. As we said, the truth is always out there if you look hard enough. I mean, is it a coincidence that we're all on these online meetings and calls all the time now? Oh, my God. I mean, I don't <laughs> know why else there is a, a little green light next to the camera because it's not 
giving any light on my face, that light is scanning you. And it is scary. And like we said, we don't want you to live in fear. We want you to live in truth. Yes. So, so please stay in the scene. We are going to be revealing some really explosive material next week. So we hope that you stay around for that mm-hmm. and stay around for all the information that, that Boo and on is going to be giving us. Yes. So take care, guys. We love you. Stay safe.